Now boarding for Rebuild of Joycast, your weekly destination for anime, manga, and more. Welcome back, everyone, to Joycast. We had a nice little Thanksgiving week off, and now we are back in action. Val, Val didn't how... have a Thanksgiving week off. He just oh, had I a forgot week you're off. British. Oh, yeah. that sucks <laughs> to be you. But how Why did you enjoy your suck? time off? Most though, of you, you... Guys, most of you guys hate Thanksgiving. I think you like the food, but you hate what it represents. True. <laughs> yeah. True. How can you even fucking say that? <laughs> but yeah, Ben, how'd you enjoy your week off, though? Thank you, doodle dandy bitch. Uh, you know, I had a good week off. Uh, no, I'm uh, getting ready for Comic Con this weekend with a couple people. Uh, gonna meet some co-workers even, actually. That's pretty cool. Uh, uh, the cast of Ruby are gonna be there, and I'll probably just show up and be like, You don't know, little old me, but we were in a scene together for, like, a big chunk of an episode or whatever. I mean, I any of the directors there? Or is, it, is it just the voice actors? I, I believe it's just the voice actors. I believe Sean Chiplock? Sean Chiplock will be there or something? He's oh, one of the cool. voice, uh, the, the, the bird guy in, uh, Tears, not Tears of the Kingdom. Uh... Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I Breath think. of the Wild. That's what he's known best for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obvious, oh, I bet, I bet he's gonna be swarmed by the amazing circus people or something. Was he in that as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, Kinga. Oh yeah, absolutely. As as yeah. I call it, Pommy's big fucking circus. <laughs> so uh, did you see the Did you fun. see the fucking uh the Twitter video of um. It was it was definitely a loving parody of um, someone saying what if what if Digital Circus was written by the uh, same folks that did uh, Hell of a Boss. Oh, it was like, hey everyone, it's fucking no, the amazing. He, fucking he goes, welcome circus. to the goddamn Digital Circus. Yeah. What's up, bitches? What's up, slut? And like that was fucking funny, but I guess Busy Pop didn't like that. No, yeah, I I think I saw a tweet by her the other day. Uh, cause I, I follow a lot of the indie animation people. I think Goosework. I like a lot of Gooseworks takes actually, where it's like, you know, the tap the Simpsons character tapping on the bus, like if you become a crap fandom, I'll be forced to make the show bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it's one of those funny things. I I kind of think that it also has like the opposite effect though. Because no, you can't. You, you can't tame you. The no matter how much you try, you cannot control a fandom. That yeah, you can't. You can't. You, you can't tame them. Absolutely not. You cannot. The best thing to do is just do the best you can, and honestly, just keep doing your thing. You are not. You do not have anything to do with them, really. If, I know you have people, to. There's, there's an extent to which you have to wash your hands of them. Like you do your part, and they've done their part. But there's yeah. nothing more that Gooseworks can do about it. Exactly. Except for, like, talk about it. I mean, what, what are they going... Are they really going to sabotage all of their hard work? Because people, like, obviously not. I severely doubt that. I mean, it's a joke. It's a joke. They're not actually going to make their shit bad on purpose because their fans are pissing them off. Like, no. Hey, you want to know something that's been on my mind lately? I, actually, now that we're talking about, like, indie animation stuff. Yeah. The blurred lines of indie and industry talent... Because I am noticing, like, so, th I've been thinking on this because fucking Michael Pollock, I think his name is, fucking Dr. Eggman has joined the cast of Lackadaisy. I saw that, and, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was in a recording session with Bill Butts the other week. You know Bill Butts, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm in a recording session with him, and he was, like, you know, doing the Barack Obama thing uh, from Barky and stuff, and I'm talking about how, like, I think I think they call him Osama in it. It's, like, Barack Osama or something like that in Eggia. And, like, 
his consciousness gets like switched with a high school girl or something and he like is skating around in the body of a high school girl helping out the main characters and stuff like that i'm just like shooting the shit and making jokes about that and everything it was cool but it's it's one of those things where like I, i'm sure you've noticed it as well the blurred lines of like where you had indie projects and everything and you know little to not all known people it's sort of like art house cinema it's usually filled with actors that no one fucking knows about and you know that it can either be a very good springboard for people to you know really show what they've got these like standout projects and everything and voice actors especially who you know don't have like the industry area for example like me like lots of people on the internet right now but it's becoming a really weird thing i don't so much dislike it but it definitely makes me think about how things like has been hotel absolutely changed the scene right where like now a lot of people in the industry like see these indie projects which usually I think a lot of people really disregard it. It's the same things with video games, like, ten or so years ago. Do you remember when, um... Uh... Oh, what's his name? Freaking Harry Potter. Uh... Leon the Professional. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Do... You... You probably don't remember, but Gary Oldman was in, like, a Medal of Honor game. Did you know that? No. Yeah, he was in a Medal of Honor game. No, you're talking about went... Call of Duty. I know, I was, no, that was, um... Because he's Red, no, because Gary Oldman was Reznov in Call of Duty Black Ops, and World at War. I thought he was in Medal of Honor. Maybe he was, but if you're referring to a World War II game, it was Call of Duty World at War, and he played Reznov, where he goes, Freedom, my comrade, but not for me. It's that meme. Oh, okay, okay, that might be it, that might be it. Honestly, the, the, the first But yes, I remember them genre, making a big deal about Gary Oldman being in a video game. They made fun of him. They made fun yes. of him. Yeah, he was on like a talk show and he was like, oh, I voiced for a video game recently. And they were like, huh, a video game? And he was like, yeah, video game. And they were like, hmm, 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 okay. And yeah, but I, I feel like it was like that for probably indie stuff for a long time. I mean, I, I was talking to friends about it and it's like, I guess Kerbo for uh, Chris Neoisey. Yeah. And everything. Do you remember his show, uh, Terrain of Magical Expertise on Newgrounds? I don't remember that, but I know a lot of the goofy stuff he did. Like, again, you bring up Mike Pollock. Mike Pollock was in Kerbifer stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was, exactly. Like, again, and what you're kind of leaning into here is kind of how the voice acting situation is very distinct and different. For Like, you talk about how actors. And that we kind don't of, get paid Actors stay in their own pens, whereas voice actors. Yeah, and voice actors, it's it's distinct and also quite dire where you're going to go get your work wherever you can go get your work. Mm -hmm. Like, guys like Mike Pollock are, aren't too hoity-toity too big for indie animation. Like, go find some big names in India in, in the, an indie project for voice actors. But to get, like, professional actors, yeah, that's unheard of, almost. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it's just a... And, that a and the line's blurring sure. more, as you, as you said. Like, it doesn't necessarily upset you, but it definitely makes you raise your eyebrow as, again, we like, hell of a boss. It, I, we, we've talked about this before, where... There's the, the game that indie animation is playing these days is gather all your to get all your flowers, gather all the attention you can on YouTube, on the internet, and then sell high to mm. the content machine that that is now HBO, Disney Plus, yeah, Peacock. I mean, I, but honestly, the only one that's really doing this is HBO Max because they're just like 
they're a chicken with their head cut off. Um, but yeah, and, and, and when you do sell high, you kind of leave the, the, the definitely the more distinct indie actors behind. Again, hell of a boss. A lot of actors got recasted to mm. uh, to the uh, the Ainses. For, uh, yeah, in exchange for like more theater, you know, uh, professional actors. I mean, fuck, uh, has been, no, hell of a boss. Has the guy from freaking Beetlejuice the musical. I mean, they, they got like fucking the titular, Keith, they, the got fucking Keith David in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane, isn't it? And then, and then they've got people like, um, but it's also weird because then they got people like, uh, Michael Cusack, I think, isn't it? Lots of Michaels, isn't there, yeah. in the, uh, voiceover industry. Yes. Uh, at least would be, like, uh, Michael Cusack, who made, um, obviously he worked on Smiling Friends, he made Koala Man, uh, YOLO, Crystal Fantasy, and yeah. stuff like that, which is, uh, pretty good. And he's obviously made his name very, very recently, coming from, like, the Newgrounds YouTube he, animation he, crowd. He, he, he did a lot of freelance for Adult Swim. Like, he wasn't, him and Zach weren't, like, just handed smiling friends. No, no, like, no, of course they, not. They've been, they've been hanging around Adult Swim's periphery for years, helping out with little things, and then eventually mm. they're like, hey, we've been good to you guys, can we just pitch you something? And they're like, sure, and then Smiling Friends was born. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I, I was talking to my my girlfriend earlier, who's like the, considering masters and everything like that, and uh, she was like, oh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do exactly. Like, she could do like uh, more theory-based stuff or something more practical. And I was like, uh, I'd go for something practical, personally, but obviously it's up to you in the end. Um, in this industry, now, more than ever, as much as people, unless you're like super talented and super uh, like distinct from everyone else in some way, or you, you just got got that thing that makes you, like, you know, a standout person that people are always going to go to for voice acting or something like that. Honestly, people, the best thing that you can do for yourself is diversify your experience and what you can do in production. Exactly. Because, uh, yeah, honestly, it, more often than not, you're just going to give yourself work. Honestly. Yeah, like, truthfully. And, like, that's not a bad thing. Because that's, like, the no. only... Sometimes that's the only way you can go about it. Like I, I am, I am pretty much purely a voice actor. I can do other things. I know you know. I, I can edit. I, I can write to some degree. You can dance. Uh, you can cook. I, I can. You can bake. <laughs> I can cook. I can bake. You can dance. You can uh, jive. You can have the time of your life. <laughs> uh, but the best thing you can do for yourself is very much diversify what you are good at because you know we're also getting to a point where like as much as it's like oh you're a good voice actor or something like that or people like your voice and stuff you might be like oh yeah i'm just gonna be a voice actor and, and do that forever uh, nah it, it really doesn't cut the mustard a lot of the time like the best thing that you can do if you really want to get into industry projects and stuff like that is like you know learn how to write uh direct uh mix design and you know just sound stuff animation is another way to do it um all kinds of things just yeah look into that stuff voice acting is honestly one of those things where it might be even to some degree the last thing that you should like you know really like be focusing on to some extent well uh, like, basically the voice the way i would put it is no focus on your craft like, i mean because yeah. that's the artistry that you enjoy it's just the fact that the matter is so as you said practical versus theoretical uh the mm. acting is like that's the spiritual fulfilling work but you gotta put bills on the table, and if you want to continue to support your voice acting dreams, and you want to be um, not just more practical, you want to be more efficient. You want to be you want to be efficient about it. You mm -hmm. definitely want to get into the industri industrial side of things. You want, I guess, you just said 
you want to in, in, in uh, anime a lot of our guys um, who work especially in the Crunchyroll scene uh, they'll spend more time doing ADR direction and audio engineering um, and mm-hmm. then they'll voice act when they get the free time and a lot of their roles come from the fact where there's empty spots um, in in a casting call and they're they're just sitting there in the studio and go hey because you know Crunchyroll and Sony you know they're super fucking cheap they go um, do we want to spend money putting out another casting call, or do you just want to run to the booth and just do it? And they're gonna take pick the latter half every fucking time. True, true. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely something that you should look into if you are looking to get into the industry in some ways. In fact, I mean, I mean I'm pretty sure we came together on this podcast being like, we know the shit about the industry, which we do, but we don't talk about it too much lately, do we? We don't talk about it because we're trying not ADRs to ruffle feathers. Yeah, it's because it's, it's like we know and we do. We give some. I mean, we've seventy five episodes in. We have delivered the fucking goods. We absolutely yeah. have. We have served some fucking tea on here. And if it wasn't for the connections and the friends that we do have in this industry, like they like in exchange for all the hot little details we get, we do have to be polite in many ways, oh, yeah. or mm-hmm. we won't be delivered that kindness again. And it's like, yeah, you got you got to be you got to be polite about things when you yeah. have a face on. Because that's just being professional. When you have a face on the internet, like the fact of the matter is, you, you relinquish a lot of your ability to be as opinionated as you want to be, or even like you know passionate about your opinions. Yeah, believe it or not, audience, I have a lot more opinions in private. Even despite all the millions of opinions I have on microphone, trust <laughs> me, it's even it's even worse in private. <laughs> believe me, it's true. No, I love this but guy. We're sticking with the anime because I talked about HBO Max and their whole animation haphazard. Let's move over to Netflix because recently uh, they released Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. I want to know what you think about it. I have an idea what your thoughts are on it, but I want to. There's a lot of across the board. There's a lot of strong opinions. And you're a Canadian, aren't you, Ivan? I'm a dirty Canadian. I live in Michigan, and so we call ourselves the Dirty Canadians. Because okay. if you've ever, if you've ever been uh, to Michigan, if you're Canadian, been to Michigan, or lived in Michigan, go to Canada, you'll notice that there really is there's only two distinct differences between Michigan and Canada, and that's Canada is cleaner, and they speak a little bit more French than Michiganders do. Were you born that, in Canada? What's that? Were you born in Canada? No, no, I was not. I thought you were like a. You were like a high school model or something, weren't you? I yes, but I lived in Michigan. But I oh, did okay, a lot of. Okay. I, I like again. I lived so close to Canada. Like I could literally just hop over the bridge, and I did that a lot as a kid. Okay. Okay. And, and again, that's why we call ourselves the Dirty Canadians because we're just it. We're Michigan is just Canada, but dirtier. Canada is just Michigan, but cleaner, and and they speak more French, and that and that's mm-hmm. all it is. And um. I've completely lost the fact. Oh, because Scott Pilgrim takes place in Canada. Yeah, uh, my yeah, opinions. Yeah. So my opinion. Did you read the book? I want to know that first of all, because that's important. yeah, because that cause, yeah again, and because that informs a lot about what you have to say and what I have to say. Mm. No, I have not actively read the book. I've only seen okay, the live okay. action movie. All right then. Okay. That, yeah. That, but that, 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 yeah, that's helpful. But that's I wa- helpful but right. I watched it with Stina, a huge Scott Pilgrim fan, who absolutely read the comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my comment is. My first, my, the very first point I need to make is if Netflix has not been sued by the FCC yet, uh, they, they, they need to. If they already have been, they need to be sued again and make it stick. Uh, cause Netflix 
is marketing team. They are off the fucking rails. They're their own beast. They just actively fucking lie. And that is such horseshit. Um, they completely sold this series as a fucking animated adaptation. Like, like a faithful adaptation of the original comic. That was the, that was 100% the marketing was pulling for. And everything they showed was clearly just episode one. Because mm -hmm. as if you've seen Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, you realize that this is actually a what if series. Which, now to my second point, I fucking love this, actually. Uh, it's not even a what if series. It's a sequel. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, as someone, people online have given it a more apt name where they're calling it Scott Pilgrim's New Game Plus, which I would fucking agree with. It's it, it basically, it's like, okay, go back to the start of the story and now hit a what if point. I, I, like, because I, 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 I mean, I, as I, as the creator of My Hero Academia Bridge, the story where they kill, where we kill the protagonist, and now we get to dissect and explore life away from your titular fucking protagonist, how could I not fucking love this concept in Scott Pilgrim? Mm. This is very fucking interesting. Very fun. And again, I'm a sucker for Slice of Life. And this is very much a Slice of Life series now i disagree with that you disagree with that okay i think I, no i i have a lot of opinions i will share them shortly yeah but no you I, can I, you I, can I, you I, can follow up now that's just it i'm just like i like this however um i loved um i signed saru did an amazing fucking job agreed it looks amazing it looks fucking amazing although it really unsettled a lot of westy westy uh, westaboo uh fans of uh, specifically our friend sam sprite stuff uh mm. he also quite enjoyed he's also a huge fan of the comics and he was a little taken aback by um the big twist but he finished the series and he did end up enjoying yeah. it but his biggest criticism hilariously was i didn't he goes i didn't like the fact that the mouth flaps didn't match the voice acting it and i felt like japanese yeah yeah and the and the and the and the um and the uh, action had more animation budget than the regular mundane uh dialogue scenes which i go motherfucker you mean anime science saru is an anime studio Scott Pilgrim takes off is an anime, and and there and that's one of the part of the discourse. Other than the controversy of the twist, there's a lot of controversy over is it an anime, guys? Fucking, it's a fucking anime. Science Saru is a Japanese studio. They have a lot of international contacts that work on the studio, but they've been working since the beginning of that studio's founding. They this is the team that did the Night Is Young, Walk On Girl, and Take Your Hands Off Ezuken, like. This is an anime studio. Scott Pilgrim takes off is an anime, but 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 Sam's not an anime the... watcher. He's a he's more of a Western animation. He's more of a comics guy. So he went into thinking it was a Western cartoon, and so that's also been kind of confusing people. They're also it, doing it, Don da Don. Don da Don. Yeah, they're Dun doing. Dun so that was just announced. Dun what a I'm hell of an announcement! You just gonna watch that. You just did Scott's Pilgrim take off, and then you announced that you're doing Don da Don. Holy crap! Science Saru. Fucking enjoy your flowers, dude. I, I'm so happy for them. That shit looks incredible. I mean, they've been doing well. They did. They've always been doing year, good work, Tommy but like time machine. Not. I would say not always. I don't think like they're good, but I've never thought of them until Devil Man Cry Baby is when they really took off. Because yes, dude, there was a they've been growing. They've been they've been taking. Period. They've been doing their work. They've been doing. They've been grinding in the lab. And, like, and each successive product has gotten more and more interesting, and it's just cool to see this Scott Pilgrim and now Dandadan coming up, and just looking real clean. It's like there's this beam going around because people have been, 
you notice how gifts of the Amazing Spider-Man, um, like they have really clean re resolution because they use those Sony cameras. Hmm. Have you noticed that Science Saru has really clean lines in their anime? Like it looks like it's like the 4K of animation. Yeah. Like, like, like people always post clips and go, okay, this is 1080p, 4K, uh, 60 frames per second clips, and it looks like shit. Science Saru is the one group where I absolutely agree that these guys, if, if there's, if there really tr truly is such thing as a 4K animation, Science Saru is doing it. <laughs> that, those lines look fucking clean. Do you want to hear about my opinions on it, though? But yes, I, I I absolutely I, want to hear about. I feel displeased with Steena. I no no no. I remember being like I was like Steena ruffle me because they were like I don't need to. When use when two, does when does she not I don't, ruffle everyone? I I don't need to use two paragraphs to explain why it's good. Like the, you're not fucking contributing, Steena. You've left you yourself open for me to only be mean, so I chose not to reply. Exactly, because you're both friends, and this is what we do. We fucking exactly. I don't. I don't want. I love Steena. I don't want. I don't want to be mean to Steena. But no, but her, no, her, her like, opinions so. are the same as mine. We got to explore these characters in a new way. Like we we but have we, the, the original will always did. be okay, there. Okay, wait, wait, wait. We did get to explore them in a new some, way. But some, some. I agree with you. Some. Not in a some. way that actually like meant anything. It was not a substance, a substantial like exploration of them. I keep seeing people describe it as developing the character and everything in a way that we've never seen before no we didn't there was no new information really given about them except for maybe more detailed flashbacks which still lacked actual context like yeah the no first, so the, the first instance i was annoyed because the first episode like uh jack jack uh, jacks we're watching it together we watched it over two days um and I'm hearing everyone go, oh my god, this is like so amazing and great and cool. And we're watching it. And Scott Pilgrim obviously dies in the end. Uh, I'm going to go into spoilers here. He's not fucking dead. He gets transported through time. Yeah. Because it's not a what if series. It's actually a sequel series. Um, so Scott Pilgrim dies in the first episode. Uh, immediately, like, I'm watching it. I'm like, well, the pacing's off. Immediately. Yes. And I'm like, oh, and you know what? I'll say it. After Pluto, which I still haven't finished, still taking it very slowly, you know, and, may, and, and this is also part of, like, what I get about the argument that people are making for it. Pluto. I love Pluto. I showed you Pluto. Yep. And we both loved it. I still haven't finished the Pluto anime because I know what happens, but that's also because I've dedicated to, to watch it with someone, you know, who isn't available most of the time so i'm just gonna wait um but with scott pilgrim after watching pluto and being like this is like a one-to-one -one adaptation holy fucking shit this is amazing what i get to scott pilgrim okay he dies all right it's doing a he-man i should have known it's fucking netflix i feel stupid for trusting and being like yeah yeah no netflix absolutely fucking betrayed because they, 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 they right, betray every yeah. fan base of anything they, that do. they didn't own they, before they do they absolutely because the writers of that series were begging people like, and they kept getting overshadowed by the marketing they were saying they're saying no we're doing something different we're doing something different yeah, and netflix exactly. and netflix said shut the fuck up but we want to bank roll as many dandy. fans as possible but no one's going to listen to like the exactly. random artist or writer exactly. or thing. Betrayal, you know, absolute betrayal. Such exactly. bullshit. But I'm not. That's even why mad I said they need first. to be sued. I'm not even mad at first though. So Scott Pilgrim goes at the end of the first episode. I'm like, oh, 
Okay then, and we focus on Ramona Flowers, which is interesting. Because here's, I like Ramona Flowers. I agree that Ramona Flowers is a character that could be fleshed out more because throughout the entirety of the comic, which I adore, by the way, it was like the second thing I like, what's it called? Like, obsessed over, like, you know, hyper fixated on in my teenage years after Full Metal Alchemist ended in 2010 and the Scott Pilgrim movie came out, you know, that sort of thing. So I've read Scott Pilgrim a few freaking times and I love it. So we focus on Ramona Flowers, who now is weirdly obsessed with Scott because their yeah. first date was so... There were sparks. It's a whole thing. Oh, sparks when they kiss and everything. That means, like, true love or something like that. They they zinged as Count Dracula. Was <laughs> the I, zing, like, I was about to say the it. Zing. The zing is the thing in the... In the yeah, yeah, yeah. The Go end. on, Ivan. Lay the, I'll lay a beat down. You do no, the that's, that's all I know. <laughs> same, same. Um, you know, they zinged, basically, after their first, like, you know, pretty pitiful date, let's be honest. Um... And Ramona suddenly decides, oh, I need to figure out what happened to Scott Pilgrim because she dreams of him. She like he's she, he's like in her head and she's like, he's still alive somewhere, somehow goes over the freaking footage of like what happened in the fight. Uh, it turns out he's not dead. The second episode or, or third episode cut to the League of Evil Exes. Exciting. That cool. This is a yes. cool concept. Yes. We get to see how the League of Evil Exes actually interact with one another and for the most part it's fucking disappointing they're just like generically like evil sounding with one another there's not even really like a sense of dynamic between them like they're different personalities clashing or like rubbing off on one another liking each other or anything some of them disliking each other more than others except for the fact that oh Matthew Patel, the first evil ex who's now beaten Scott Pilgrim, is like, leadership is fucking terrible, and I'm going to take over because I beat Scott Pilgrim, and now I found out that Ramona Flowers doesn't want to date me. I thought that was the whole deal. So he's like, I'm taking your company, I'm taking all your shit, and they have an okay fight for like the whole episode. It was cool, I guess, but it absolutely lacked substance or even exploration of the characters, which is like... I always so, think because Scott Pilgrim has this perfect, in the comics, Scott Pilgrim, I, I know you don't read it, so I need to obviously tell you, in Scott Pilgrim, there is this really perfect balance of slice of life elements with like down to earth actual problems that people have in a realistic setting. And then there's this nice sprinkling of fantastical elements, like the subspace gateways and everything, the video game logic and references and whatnot. It actually all works really perfectly well, where none of it, like, you know, takes over one more than the other, or you kind of don't buy the situations. You've got the fucking friends in the comic being like, Scott, you're dating a 17-year-old, and that's fucking weird. But, like, the entire point of Scott Pilgrim is more that all of these characters are actually kind of flawed in their own way but it doesn't go you're meant to just sit there look at them and go that's a shitty thing for that person to do Ooh, that's a really f shitty thing for you to do because some of the like kim pine for example is kind of hypocritical she literally gets drunk with the same 17 year old and makes out with them and it's like oh oh everyone's fucking weird in that comic but this one it really annoyed me because the tone that it goes for is this constant, almost manic, 
ADHD riddle, speaking as someone with ADHD, sense of comedy and action that just does not reflect the tone that is yes. so likable in the comic itself. Which is why I come to the conclusion pretty quickly as I'm watching it, which I like held back a lot of my opinions on it, like on Twitter and stuff like that, because I wanted to bitch, I wanted to moan. But I'm really not that kind of person until it gets to something that I'm actually passionate about. It, th this, and, and I'm gonna say it overall, as much as I think there is like, some people would say, I, I think I saw a thing where someone said, do not watch this, it's a waste of time. Scott Pilgrim get dies at the start and everything like that. I even retweeted it in my initial anger, but it's not a waste of time. There is clearly a lot of like love and effort put into it, but it's also annoying because all the things that people like about Scott Pilgrim are simply eluded to. And there are loads of things with the characters that aren't like fully explored, but it made them more interesting because as I said, Scott Pilgrim has this weird, perfect fucking balance where it, you know, fantastical elements, grounded life, Scott is broke, he doesn't have money, this is a problem, he needs to get a job. Gideon Graves, or the goose, loses his entire company, stays on a girl's couch. Uh, Lisa, I think her name is Lisa. Yeah, the, the bitch who says, you know, swears a lot and everything. Yeah. Chills out with everyone's fucking favorite character, it seems, Lucas Lee, which, yeah, he is super cool. I love Lucas Lee. He was cool in the comic because he literally didn't even give that much of a shit about Scott Pilgrim or the whole situation with the evil exes, which made him more interesting because he's got his own life. And that's where it also comes in like, oh, the evil exes could be way more interesting because some of them are really passionate and heated and are like, I'm gonna kill Scott Pilgrim. And then you got Lucas Lee or even um, Matthew, not Matthew Patel. Matthew Patel is a heated one. Lucas Lee is like chill. And then you got the vegan Todd, Todd Ingram. Yeah, I think is his name. I'm getting so heated in everything that I'm I'm forgetting names. Yeah, Todd Ingram. Um, he's also a character that is kind of in the middle. It's more of like a vegan pride thing. But in Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, they dedicate an entire episode to him where it just goes, oh, he's bisexual or gay and obsessed with Wallace, Wallace Wells. All these other characters, like the lesbian, um, uh, Roxanne Richer, the ninja character, it goes into like the pain that they felt, which the comic already goes into, but instead they say, oh, let's do like a three minute flashback of her just sitting on the bed as Ramona's like, you know, telling a guy to like pack up her stuff and stuff and they look back at each other and it's supposed to be so sad. That gives me nothing. You gave me a sad visual. And that is all that was expanded upon for this character. Whereas in the comics, when they fight throughout the comic, Roxanne Richter is an interesting one because Ramona literally lets her stay on her fucking couch when she is actively trying to hurt Scott and everything. That is way more interesting and just better. I just think that the comic is an infinitely more quality product with more interesting development of the characters that also does a really good job of showing and not telling about the characters better than the anime ever did because it has a f fucking... 23 22 minute runtime and that sucks because i'm like i wanted a pluto i thought netflix had this down after pluto i got so excited for scott pilgrim because i was like oh my god have they got this down now are they gonna do it right holy shit none of the characters got any development more than they had in the comic in fact i would even argue less a character that like turned out to be gay or bisexual in the comic 
is Stephen Stills, the leader of the band. That whole thing, gone. But it's great because, like, oh, and another thing. Sorry, I need, I need to say this as well. The other thing that is, like, absolutely flawed about this. I'm sorry I'm just fucking exploding on you with this, Ivan. No, I, I love enjoying this. it. Okay, the other thing that really bothers me about it is they set it up as a mystery because that's what every freaking TV show has to be nowadays. It's a mystery or something to, like, obviously grab people and be like, well, you have to see how it freaking ends. And, yeah, it does work in that I had to see how it happens. So, congratulations, marketing. You fucking got me. Yeah, I had to know, but it's also, I'm just sat there watching in, like, anger, annoyance, sadness. I was just feeling this massive fucking flux and downpour of, like, different emotions. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Because episode five, in my opinion, is the biggest waste of time. You've got this eight-episode series. It's very small, 22 minutes. And then episode five is literally just fucking around in a studio lot of, like, this is, like, the bullshit about industry and working on stuff and how it gets cancelled. Taking a sip. And it becomes a whole waste of time because we know that Todd Ingram isn't going to have anything to do with it because, well, we've got three more episodes to go or something. And... Well, none of the evil exes are going to be villains in it, really? They're going to be, like, antagonistic to some degree. They'll have a fight or some kind of conflict, yeah, but they're not going to have anything to do with the actual issue at hand. And that is abundantly clear from the very beginning. So I'm just sat there being like, I have 22 minutes of, like, this eight-episode show on one episode, and this single episode is a waste of time i said this at one point on twitter to i think mr host calling you out mr host not in a bad way just being like yo mr host how you doing and it it's just like what the fuck as as someone viewing it i'm like this is filler in an eight episode cartoon what the fuck i don't care about any of this so your feelings on five guess what my feelings mm-hmm. are on four five and six hmm I think they have fun little bits, but again, we talk. I, I, that's when I started feeling spurned by the whole fucking situ. The whole show was mm-hmm. one, two, and three. I think have great setup. I think, I, 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 but again, I didn't read the comics, so obviously there's, right, a, yeah. there's a lot I'm missing. For, for for someone who hasn't read the comics, I'm sure this is more than enough for me. And I, I and, I, say, and I admit that I don't, I don't know jack shit here. Give them um, but, a go. I would bring back four, Manga Rochambeau right now to kick your ass at rock, paper, scissors but, once again and make you read Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, before five and six, they have a couple good bits, but they do not complete. Those, those are the ones where I know for a fact do not complete the promise of exploring those characters. As you no, just said, they, yeah. they do filler. They dig around. Big giant action sequence. Very impressive. Very fun to watch. But Agreed. But does not does not fulfill the promise of the what the premise they presented. Obviously Lucas the marketing Lee goes lied. Skating down LA ba- ba- with basically the, song. the marketing lied. We've already failed here. We get to it, episode it, it's one. Lucas and episode it's Lucas two Lee. sorry. Yeah, it's two, Lucas two Lee skating down the fucking street and it looks really cool and everything. For a full fucking episode. Playing my United States of Whatever, which yeah. that is one of my favorite fucking songs ever, actually. I love that song and always have. I still fucking reference it. I forgot that Edgar Wright was the director of Baby Driver until that fucking episode. I went, oh, I forgot. This is the guy who needle drops even harder than fucking James Gunn does. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting so tired of needle drops. Like, I get it, they're, they're fucking great songs, but it's like, it's, it's, 
it's just that thing where lately it's been done so fucking much. People are like, I want my movie trailer to have an impact. Put like a fucking song from like the early 2000s. Edgar Wright's the only guy I like to do it, but he didn't do it well here. No, no. I don't think he just did anything all that well here. You know what sucked? You know what really sucked? The fact that they dubbed it in Japanese, got a whole bunch of fucking actors who, I'm gonna say, barely do fucking ADR work or even voice acting. I believe Roxanne Richter, I think someone said that the actor for Roxanne Richter is in Owl House. Hmm. Did you know that? In English? Yeah. Well, yeah. Roxanne Richter, Mae Whitman. Yeah, Mae Whitman. Oh, oh yeah, oh, May May Whitman. Yes. Oh yeah, she's a voice actress. She she yeah. she, she, she was um, was fine. You know she, who she, else no, was fine? She was, she was the best one because she also you know plays uh, uh Katara in Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, they're in quite and, a few and, and April O'Neil in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the uh, the earlier 3D one at Nickelodeon. Like, they're in, they're she's, in Kingdom she's Hearts. They're in Prey. They're in a bunch of fucking cartoons like Bird Girl, freaking. Uh, yeah, like I said, Owl House and stuff like that. But here's the thing: a lot of those people don't do ADR work or like a lot of voice acting. And, you know, it's dubbed in Japanese, which, in my opinion, really wasted their talent, to be honest. I don't understand what's the point getting this star-studded cast when barely any of them do a lot of voice acting. So, with the rhythm that they had to speak with, based on the Japanese performances and whatnot, it just became like a lot of their fucking deliveries fell flat really flat you know who's consistently good the actor for matthew patel he actually yes. had me like steve and i both agree he Steen, he was yeah. he was stealing all the fucking scenes he was in i was yep. like oh my god this guy's fucking great yep uh sataya uh Bahaba. like yeah we both agree we have both agree that that matthew patel was fucking awesome in fact matthew patel is the only character i think i liked in it same same i i, I think I, again for what that series promised, I feel like Matthew Patel delivered. Yes, yes, he did. And everyone, everyone else, else fell short. With each successive one, they kept fa- and that's my problem. They kept falling shorter and shorter to the point where you get to the vegan guy and the twins, and it's like they didn't really do anything with them. They didn't right? really. Dude, they have one. The, the, they the had twins one fun, as well. You know who got fucked over? They did a fun bit. Hey, you know who got fucked over in the whole like the original cast from Scott Pilgrim 2010, the fucking Japanese actor. Who played, or the Japanese actors who played the fucking Kachinagi twins? They just got two fucking. They, they just yes. got a dude, a, a random dude or something. I don't fucking know who it is right now. I'm sorry, random dude. I just, I, 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 I looked you up at one point. I can't remember your name now, but like, they just got a dude. They just got a dude, and it's like, why didn't you fucking get those guys or something? Oh yeah, because it's gonna be English dubbed, and I'm pretty sure those guys don't even speak English. Yeah, understandable. But, yeah, to some they, again, but again, that's where it, it just did not follow the promise. The last two episodes, pretty solid. But I get, it's right thing. it's He's right the in the middle where we have some issues. But oh, that being said, I thought the fucking I said I thought it was well animated. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I thought it was some funny ass fucking. It was only sometimes there. hilarious. There are only very there, there are like nuggets of goodness in it because this is why I'm like it's not a waste of time. I'm not gonna sit here and be like it's absolute fucking garbage because it I get it. I'm gonna say this. This is a new shiny thing of something that has like, you know, lasted 20 years in the subconscious minds of all the fucking millennials and everything and Zoomers that read it throughout fucking 2004 to 2010 or something. It's nice, it's shiny, it's well animated, it's new, I get it, but I guarantee in like a year or something like that, people are gonna look back and go, 
This was actually pretty bad when you actually compare it to the original fucking source material, which is what I'll get to. I'll make this the last thing. I could go on about this for fucking ages, but I'm pretty sure I'm already on like, we're literally on the precipice of the 40 minute mark because of my little fucking rant. So I understand if you're frustrated. Oh no, I, w I wanted to dedicate this episode to it because I know there was, but, a lot, there was a lot of discourse on it and I know you had the most informed one uh, but, to counteract what I brought in with both me and Stina. Here's the thing. So again, my issues come down to as much as everyone likes to say that the characters are being like freshly explored, delved into, fleshed out, developed, whatever the fuck you want to say about it, that is just not fucking true. They It has changed. limits. It, th there are extreme limits and i i just think it's i think it's rather pathetic to say that the characters actually got developed or we saw new sides of them fucking todd ingram we didn't explore why todd ingram in both fucking timelines of these of this fucking series is like cheating on envy adams we didn't explore what envy adams like lacks that todd seems to feel like he needs or something like that and that's not me being like oh todd cheats because like he's misunderstood in some fucking way no it's but todd cheats because he's kind of a dick and just consistently is but it's like rather than just going duh huh 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 todd wants to have sex with wallace wells a fan favorite character i understand why you wanted him to be back in it but it doesn't even expand on him that much it well, it is ultimately what this what this series what this is. It's fan service. It's let's take all these characters you like and let's do but some it's silly bad shit with fan them. service. It's really bad fan service when you actually get down to it. It's like Kingdom Hearts, where it's like, oh, everyone wants Kyrie to be a fucking Keyblade wielder and fight alongside Sora or something. It's not gonna fucking happen. She's always gonna be a damsel in distress. They didn't get that right in Kingdom Hearts 3 until the fucking DLC. And even then, it was pretty poorly fucking received. But and then, and then there's Knives Chow. Like, the whole bit where Scott, where they're at Scott Pilgrim's funeral, and Knives is like, oh, my favorite band in the world, Envy Adams, the fucking Clash at Demon Head, or whatever like that. I Honestly, I just felt like the characters weren't even themselves. Knives Chow wouldn't fucking act like that. Knives Chow is, like, vengeful as fuck. She, like, tries to go after and kill Ramona at one point in the well, comic. Well, that's where I kind of have some disagreements. Where again, the, again, because when you remove Scott from the situation, things change. So, yes, yeah, things get change that. for certain characters. Like, I, for the evil exes, I agree. These guys never knew Scott, so like, what the fuck was going on there? No, other than, Math other than Matthew, other than Matthew, Scott. Well, again, the only one person who's actually truly impacted by the departure of Scott is the first ex who loses. Of course, that motherfucker gets a fucking hard on and thinks he's hot shit after that. Mm -hmm. that again, that's why I feel like it, it, it made good. Matthew made good on his promise. No one else really did, other than you got a one interesting bit with Goose, where it's like, okay, you take his money away. What does he do now? And that segue way to like one of the best fucking lines Lee, I've ever fucking like... seen all year. Where he goes, my billionaire friends have abandoned me. My millionaire friends won't even talk to me. I can't get a reservation anywhere. McDonald's laughed at me when I called them. Like, I thought that was fucking hilarious. That was funny. Like that I said, there are nuggets hilarious. of in it, but it doesn't reflect, like I said, the down-to-earth elements that I actually love Scott Pilgrim for. Like I said, Scott but Pilgrim lots of swings, lots of misses, but when the hits hit, they fucking And then it hit. goes, hey, let's waste like five minutes of Lucas Lee and fucking... I, I, I absolutely Lucas Lee was a, the biggest fucking waste. Where he, he had some fun action sequence, but you go, yeah, you didn't have any material to begin with to explore this man. Like, you should have gave more to Vegan Guy and the and the twins. None of them are, re none of the evil exes are particularly well fleshed out. They could be if you fucking spent some time on them, which I feel like they didn't fucking want to. I feel like they looked at fucking uh, 
God damn, I'm getting a fucking headache over because I'm so angry. Uh, they could have looked at they looked at Brian Lee O'Malley and went, "Okay, tell us about this character." And they just and he just said, "Well, he's a skateboarder and an actor, but he's not really very good at it. But because he's hot, everyone thinks he's good at it." Anything else? No, that's that, that's that's about all I have. But go figure. You've, had, you've had twenty years, Brian, to think on how these characters might have been outside of these situations and actually make them like three-dimensional characters and you fucking failed at it i love you man i'm gonna buy yeah. your next fucking book but god but yeah, damn that's, my, go that, that's my beef this with the middle of the series point. scott this is, is explored ramona's point. explored matthew's explored and then ramona is like you like you said they had roxanne's hand tied like they didn't they, they, they didn't ramona explore any better than the original did actually is pretty bad in my opinion in it it, it, it's all in the execution. Ramona could have been good. Lots of things could have been good in it. Ramona confronting all of her evil exes could have been a single, maybe two episodes of the series. That's what it could have been. Two episodes. Again, like I said, episodes on. one through three, they get it and then they lose steam until Scott comes back and then Scott has his arc. Exactly. Scott, it's one of those things where it really does go, look... You might have wanted to remove Scott from the situation and expand on all these characters that everyone loves because everyone has a hate boner for Scott because he dated a 16-year-old in the comic. Everyone does. And it's like, yeah, I get it. But it's the interesting part of the story. Scott Pilgrim. He is the leading man for a reason. He is the most fleshed out and thought through character of the entire fucking thing, yeah. so and, it makes and this sense series makes the attempt. But as you said, they, they they like they they asked Brian and they went, okay, I have this much, but not as much as you need to fill in those eight episodes. Yeah, and 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 there's fun bits. They have back, some funny bits, and I think the hits hit. But yeah, mm. I agree. If you really want to dissect it, it was not nearly enough based on what was promised. After when you Scott got through the market, back, it actually gets good for a minute. Yeah. It gets interesting because suddenly it's like, okay. Oh, you know who else did a great travel. job? Will Forte. Oh, who? Because Will Forte, because he's also a voice actor. Oh yes, yes, yeah. A Abe from uh fucking Clone High. Yeah, as as, right? as future Scott. Yeah, as future Scott. Uh, he's okay. He's okay. Once again, I think a lot of these people, because of their lack of work in like anime dubbing, what what have you, I legitimately think that a lot of their performances fall flat because they are just not used to it. Yes. I, I think they do okay. Why does Will Forte look exactly like I think he fucking sounds? <laughs> yep, that's Will Forte. Like, like, right? Okay, anyway, anyway, though. So, the finale comes in. Last couple episodes. Scott comes back. He got dragged to the future by his future self. And it turns out, and this is a big point of contention for me, and an issue that I think... I, d I don't know if you'll agree on this, Ivan. It's all about death of the author, is what it gets down to, really, in the end. But, um... Future Scott drags Scott Pilgrim to the future so that he may avoid marrying Ramona in the future. Because the future that Future Scott in the anime comes from is the future of the OG comic book of, of, of the fucking source material. Which is what cements this as a sequel. Now, some people have argued, no, Scott changes and affects his past because of his own meddling in the past. Which is interesting to say, but because they don't really go into, like, you know, the effects of time travel in this, they seem to work on a linear 
on, on, on a linear path where Scott is completely aware, remembers all of his actions, why he did stuff, how things happened. It, it, it's an interesting one, but there is a point where Scott's like, oh, my new memories are coming in, they, they're kind of fucking me up and everything like that, or they're weird. But future Scott, who has already, you know, beaten all the evil exes, won Ramona's heart, they had a wedding, they had a honeymoon, shit goes kind of awry, and then Ramona fucks off. And as far as Scott's aware, and this is where it annoys me, they're divorced, getting divorced, separated, whatever. And there are actually some some funny bits, I'll give it that, with like the twins and Scott being bros and everything in the future. That was actually funny to me, and making like, you know, lowly viewed online videos, music videos on YouTube referencing fucking bubblegum crisis, I think it was. And it turns out this is a sequel. Scott goes back in time, is like, well, I don't really give a shit about what future Scott tells me, I'm just gonna be better. And he tries to be, and he, him and Ramona try and kiss, turns out there are evil nanites that stop them from kissing, that Scott, future Scott putting Scott Pilgrim's drink so that he can, he can not get with Ramona, but it doesn't work. And then future Scott, who, by the way, I am gonna rewatch this in Japanese, because I imagine the Japanese version will be, like, more enjoyable to watch. I'm pretty sure they got fucking a Kainu? The voice of a Kainu or something in One Piece to play future eviler Scott? And it's really fucking weird. Scott, future Scott comes back as this big jack to fuck beast of a man who's been, like, in his fucking He becomes Ryu from Street Fighter. Years? Yeah, he looks like Ryu from Street Fighter. Or Goken, or, or Akuma even, because they have like the tan skin and everything. It's totally a fucking Goki Akuma Street Fighter reference because of the tan skin and everything like that. And he essentially becomes the the, the evil ex, the evil ex to fucking kill all evil exes. No one can fucking stand against him. You have a big fucking fight with all the evil exes working together. Todd Ingram gets his freaking vegan powers back by like munching on a piece of broccoli and everything, everyone goes to town, and future Scott takes everyone out, except for Scott and Ramona, who try to do like one last big team power punch at him and finish this, and get back to their lives and everything, which by the way, uh, no, I'll, I'll get into that in a second, which is then stopped by future Ramona, who confronts future Scott and says, you haven't called me for 10 years, I didn't divorce you, I just needed space, which gets into, and it's kind of smart, it makes me feel things, but it makes me angry that it makes me feel things because it feels like, I don't know, a fucking skin suit that someone's wearing of someone I love. It's like that bit in Shaun of the Dead where his mom gets turned into a zombie, but it's not your fucking mom anymore, Shaun. It's a zombie, but you still feel things. And Ramona goes to Scott, I never divorced you. I just needed space. Turns out it was all a misunderstanding. Scott is literally, like, removed from the equation of a lot of things that happened, and somehow the series decides, no, even after, like, the struggle of the comic, because Scott goes fucking through it in the comic, you can argue all you want that Scott's a piece of shit forever and ever and ever, but, like, he legitimately tries to become a better person than he is. He goes through the ringer. It's the hero's fucking journey and everything like that. And... It just ruins the fucking ending of the original series for me forever. The part where 
Ramona and Scott go to each other. Scott goes to Ramona at the place where they met on the stairs for their first date. And there's a fucking subspace door that Ramona's planning on going through. And Scott's like, hey, I want to try one more time with you. Like, even with all the bullshit, like, let's just try again. Fresh fucking start. All the evil exes have been stopped. I'm, I've gone through my fucking character arc and everything. Read the goddamn comic if you haven't. It's actually really good. And they jump into the fucking door as the light submerges them. As, as they're submerged in the light and face a future, the unknown, without fear, together. What will happen? How will that end up? I have an answer now. And it, this is where it goes to Death of the Author, where it's like, I don't give a shit what you think now, Brian, about the ending. And there seems to be this weird idea now with fiction where there needs to be a follow-up. Because suddenly I think we live in a fucking time where everyone is so insecure about their progression that suddenly they need to know that their favorite characters in fiction are doing just as badly as they are or something or they're still fucking up even after everything it's like fiction now needs to continue because we can't accept that fucking stories just end because it's not real life where it's like now we had a fucking hopeful story where it's like scott and ramona go off into the future like we said unknown fucking circumstances we could like imagine how it is till the end of time we won't know that's nice full metal alchemist did Ed and Winry get a fucking divorce? Or something like that? Is Ed a shell of a man because he can't do alchemy? He beats Winry because, you know, he can no longer get his alchemy boner up? Ugh. That's fucking miserable. I can't fucking stand that. And then we just let leave with Scott and Ramona. Get together. They're going to start again. Their, their relationship is literally just starting at the end of the fucking series. And I don't give a shit. And I'm angry because whenever I go back to the comic now, as much as I enjoy it, I still love it. I'm always going to have fucking Scott Pilgrim takes off at the back of my mind. I can't separate the two because I don't like Scott Pilgrim takes off at the end of the day. I don't think it's a waste of time. If you enjoy it, that's cool. But I don't fucking like it. I don't think it's as... I, I've gone over all my arguments here. I think I've done an okay job. I know I'm all over the place, but I think... It's inferior in the way that it's presented, executed. I understand, 22 minutes, you got a lot to fucking work with. You probably had to do this. I don't think it's a waste of time. But it's just a fucking staggeringly inferior product to what was made 20 years ago. And I insist, go read the comic. It's good shit. And that's about all I got really, Ivan. What do you think of that? I think it's great. I think you've given the most valid fucking criticism I've seen. Everything else has been so dumb. My only retort and my only rebuttal to this is it's not the original. It's just, it's just not. Know. It's never going to stack up to it because it wasn't trying to be. This is a victory lap. This is fan service. We had some fun and we did. It was fun. And now we move I know. on. I just, some, you know, sometimes... But, I, I, but I, 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 I wanted it here. I'm glad I gave you the whole hour to do this because that's what I wanted. I get too upset at people going, new shiny thing is immediately good. Guys, it wasn't that fucking good. It was just okay. But I get it. And I'm not going to be bitter about this forever. But I'll admit, the last week I've just been thinking about this. I know, I, I wanted to get it, it out there. Because again, I'm still... I, again, we're not going to talk about our triumvirate this week. 
This was um, my fucking therapy session. Cause, yeah, cause I just wanted Val to talk about this also because I'm basically just wanting to catch up a little bit after my Thanksgiving because I'm still hungover. Uh, I went to uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee for oh, yeah, uh, Thanksgiving, yeah. the home of moonshine and mountains. Val, oh. I swear to God, I want, I want to take you there. Um, uh. some, some, sometime down the road, you, me, some of the older Joy Boys, we need to come down here. Because uh, you, be you, nice. you, lo- you just love to explore. And this Gatlinburg, it's it's a resort, it's a mountain resort town. It's, it's this little mountain resort town. It's got more hotels than actual fucking uh, other buildings, and um, but like you can take a chairlift and go on the mountains, or you can drive off the road and go to the. It, it's literally built into like the the ass end of a fucking national park. Like, that sounds cool as fuck. Just I just would love un, that. uninhabited mountains in the backdrop that you can just drive your car, and if you want to get lost. Um, for like a couple hours, you can. Like my family and I, we went out there. We found a fucking just a huge ass fucking river rapids, and a lot yeah. of bear shit. <laughs> been, so so because we went there like apparently if you go to during I'm the summer or the you spring, like, babe, watch out, step down, like take a bit, boo. Yeah, but yeah, but like that entire town. I, I apparently because my dad has gone there every season. He says that during the spring and the summer, bears will literally just walk the streets. Yeah. And, um, and, and like I said, it's just this quiet little resort town. It's outside Pigeon Forge, which is, um, now that's the freaking tourist trap where it's just all these fucking crazy buildings and shops and shit. And, uh, mm. but most notably it has Dollywood there. And me and Steven wanted to go to Dollywood so fucking bad, but oh my God, we drove there and we could not even, they, they wouldn't charge us for parking because they said, we can't charge you for something we can't promise. We go there, there were people parking on, overlapped on the hills. That park had to be like beyond capacity, so we couldn't go in there. So that was my one gripe and disappointment with the trip. But oh my God, Val, you can go to wine testing and moonshine taste testings and shit and just explore the mountains. There's an aquarium. There's all these cool shops. Oh, I love it. We Steve would spend our evenings drinking hmm. moonshine, hang out in a hot tub in the middle of the fucking woods, listening to bears, stamping sounds- around the night in the blackness, like, ooh, is one going to come and attack us? Just amazing, incredible. I want to take you there. You would love it. I that that sounds amazing. I, honestly, I I've been thinking. I, I know my my uh my visa is up soon. I have to like re- get it redone. Because every time you come to the states, you always have your gripes. You're like, you just want because you just want to explore. You want you want to experience. You want the true American experience. Mm. And honestly, Gatlinburg is like. It's, I will say it's, it's the it's, LA, it's the it's the internet friendly version of the South is what I would describe I, I it. I barely have a thing to complain about from my trip to LA. I got to explore. Granted, I was in a fucking concrete jungle like the entire time. Yeah, and and that is weird. Like just not seeing any like greenery. So this is the exact opposite, Val. This is the, you were in the fucking forest. You were in the fucking mountains. It I love is that. I love beautiful. That. They don't like I said. They they call it the Blue Spo- Smoky Mountains, and it's not a fucking lie. Like <laughs> we went to the very top, like not not the very top, like the highest point you can go in the, at the national park. I and you go to it, and there's a sign there, and like it points like if you walk down this trail, two thousand miles will take you to Maine, the state of oh, Maine, wow. from I'm fucking Tennessee. At pictures of it. That's like wow. It is beautiful. I'll send you some pictures of me and Steve and our family Please there. Please do. Are you sure you don't want to go over the triumvirate really quickly, by the way? Because honestly, I think my hero academia was fucking amazing. Um, we gotta do it in ten minutes. 
Um, um, I, 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 basically, we we knew a Sparks knows. I, I would say at the it. least, let's talk about my hero. But the only the only other thing I want to mention is that what I also did over my break because I took I took a four day weekend ahead of my vacation. I bought Boulder's Gate three. It's fucking sick. Oh, oh we should play it sometime. We should. It, it's it's fucking. I, I again. I, I I waited, but there was a lot of good word of mouth, and I'm like, okay, I'll finally do this. My God, what a video game! I oh, I'm yeah. not a video game guy, but when a video game's a video game, it sure does video game. And what I, are you I'm playing? Quite, uh, so I play in our private game with Peo. Um, it, 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 you know, we play an actual tabletop D and D game with a couple of um Joy Boys with Peo as the DM, and uh, I play a monk with one level sorcerer. And it's a lot of fun. So I went to Baldur's Gate. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try something different with my main character. Nap, I'm a monk again. I, I can't <laughs> help it. I, when you put me, like, if we're playing Theater of Mind, I want to play other things. But when you put me on a tabletop board, as as fucking Baldur's Gate 3 also does, mm. I need that movement. I play best when I have, like, a hundred feet of fucking movement where I can run around the board and fuck with people. Monk is just so much fun. But what Boulder's Gate 3 is so interesting. Boulder's Gate 3 has so much better synergy than 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons does. Um you can actually do a legitimate strength-based uh, monk with you can you can do some um barbarian dip if you want and really flavor it. Mm. Um I I really like it's it's more limited than 5th edition cuz 5th edition has a lot of books now and a lot of ancillary uh, material. Lots of subclasses. Let's not Bo talk about Wizards yeah. of the Coast, though. Or yeah, but Bo Bo Baldur's Gate 3 money. has a limited set of options, but much better synergy between them. And I really like that. And the way that I'm looking at 1D&D right now, that that's the next, like, addendum to 5th edition they're working on. Mm. And um, and for what I've seen, ooh, they should just take notes from Baldur's Gate, because Baldur's Gate's doing <laughs> a lot better. I think uh, Baldur's Gate, the, the the advantage that it has over a lot of things, um, and, and something that like Freddy keeps on kept on getting wrong about it at the start, uh, he kept on thinking of it too much like it's D&D, but it's a far more catered and streamlined experience. That It's a video game. It's a video game first. It's a video, it's it's a video game, and it needs to be very heavily curated for everything to work really as it does. Yeah, but one of the things I appreciate what it's going It's for. giving me a greater appreciation for vanilla Dungeons and Dragons though, because I'm spoiled. Every D&D campaign I've ever played in has been curated and played with actors and writers. And mm. we do homebrew fucking campaigns, and it's fucking incredible. I've never cared for vanilla D&D, and I still and and my gripes are with it still are there, but I appreciate it a lot more. I get mm. it now. I get vanilla D&D, traditional, by-the-book D&D. I get the appeal of it now, but I still got some gripes. First and foremost, I don't like how Dungeon, vanilla Dungeons & Dragons really has to justify racism. Like, goblins, like, I like I like in, in, in homebrew D&D, where you can play a goblin. You can be whatever you want, and, you can, and there can be cool goblins and shit. In fucking Baldur's Gate, goblins are fucking assholes. Dark gnomes, dark, dark uh, dwarfs are fucking assholes. The gith are pieces of shit and predictable. Like, you meet this gith chick and she's a fucking bitch, but you know she's gonna warm up to you? Well, that, that's- I, I never Actually, played I with her. I hate her so they much. They, oh, no. Lizelle? I, I don't get it. I get it if you hate Lizelle, but the actual fact is she's actually terrified. 
Yes, I, but I get. She, I, I know. I get it. I absolutely and, and she fucking understand. And but but here's the thing. It's she's just acting just out. Like, she's a victim of her culture and the way the much, world yeah. perceives her. And it's like. But they also. But here's the thing. Ivan. But they everyone else isn't that predictable. Good job of diversifying the mindsets of those characters, because I don't know if you've gone to the point yet. There are gif that are like not on that level with the others, and they're a little bit less predictable as you go on. Yeah. And I'm still I'm still goblins. an actor one because I'm exploring you, did you everything. Did you meet the goblin on like the tower in the camp, and he's like actually reading, and he doesn't understand it, but he but yes, has they an do. They do have education. If you if you look at it, yes, because they do have exceptions. Because I because I'm in the underdark right now with the dark no and the dark dwarfs, mm. and there is a, there is a uh, professor among them who's like, yeah, I don't subscribe to this the slavery that we're doing. So they definitely mm. have exceptions, because they had to. They had to fucking cater to everyone. And if anything... Because they would have pissed the whole internet off. It makes it all more But it, to me, it makes... It, to me, it just makes me groan. Like, like to the, to the like, extreme with these goblins. That they're, like, that for the most part, 99% of them are just fodder. And that bores me. Like, I, that, that's the one part of the game I, I did not enjoy I, with I the goblin I met a goblin camp. that has, like, a fucking kissing feet fetish. Because I made a goblin kiss my feet because he was all like, I'm fucking better than you. And I was like, no, you're not. I'm not going to kiss your feet. You kiss my feet. And she's all like, oh, he kissed you. And she's really fucking weird about it. But she's also kind of cute, actually. Yeah. Like she has you, you big, found like, the exception. You found the exceptional goblins. No, there's I, there's lots of. If you actually talk to all of the NPCs, they're really yeah. diverse. And that was my complaint stuff. again because I I definitely did not get the best experience with the goblins because again, the game does did a very terrible job of really them? exploring the state. They really explain the stakes to you within the gamified version of it. Mm. So this game had me convinced that I only had a few days before I was gonna turn to a mind flare and also. If I ever took oh, a nap, yeah. that the fucking the Emerald Grove would go to shit if I took a fucking long rest. But that's not the you truth. But that's the not the truth. Issue. It's we not the, the truth. Same issue where so shit I literally shit I does went, happen when you take a long rest, though. It Events doesn't. Do move. Yeah, you can't take a long rest whenever you want. If you like start something and then you take a long rest all of a sudden, it'll be like oh everyone suddenly hates you because they found the fucking bodies or something like that. Okay, stuff like that. Yes, we're infiltrating, but no. So for me, I crashed the fucking ship at one from point beginning all the way through defeating the goblins. I got like halfway through it, but I, I was like, it was impossible. I had to take a long rest. I was fucking dying. But mm -hmm. it had me convinced that those like the, 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 all those fucking tieflings were going to fucking die, and and that evil fucking druid bitch was gonna take over if I didn't mm. fucking defeat all these fucking goblins in one day. Yeah. And I got so far to the point where I'm like, I'm literally having a terrible experience here. I'm not enjoying myself. I'm getting my ass whooped, and I'm trapped in here because every goblin's turned on me because I escaped because I freed the druid, and, and I, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm like, he's like, okay, if you free me. I have to kill every single one of these goblins. If you don't free me, if you don't uh, team up with me, you're fucked. Well, I have to team up with you, druid guy. And now that I'm teaming up with you, now I have to fight every fucking goblin in this tunnel. But you and I have not taken don't. a long rest I know yet. You, it does a very bad job of explaining It does a very age. bad job of letting you know, hey, you can take that long rest, champ. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. This is a video game. But sometimes you can't take that long. Yeah, rest. yeah, and there's those sometimes, but those ones are explained. But in generally, it's not explained, and I don't mm. fucking like that. I agree. But but that but, but once you understand, once game. you get a hang of the little the little odds and ends, Baldur's Gate three 
is fucking goaded. This is a game. This has like roller coaster tycoon energy for me. Where this is a game <laughs> I'm going to continually return to and approach in different ways. I there's there's one factor in a video game that I love above all else. That's why Hades is the best game of all time for me. Replayability, replay value is king. And when I pay 60 bucks for a fucking game, I better play it multiple fucking times. I, I better have a desire I'm to play I, I it multiple playing, times. I am playing like three to four games. Yep. I, oh, Steve, literally night one, Steve and I played together. We literally made we made our characters and started the campaign together. Played mm. for like five, six hours and then went, okay, now let's go play our own campaigns by ourselves. So I'm technically in my second campaign right now. And I'm willing, and I'm ready to play like five more. And one of them, I want to gather the Joy Boys and just fucking play a campaign together and just fucking wreak havoc. Let's just do Joy Quest, but it's in Baldur's, Baldur's Gate. Gate. Yeah, let's just do. Joy, no, I'm Joy not. Quest. I'm not shitting you. I kind of want to do it. We, we, it. It'd be easier. It'd be easier on Freddy and all our friends. Yes. But um, be, yeah. but speaking of which, uh, praise the eight, y'all. Um, that's what I'm watching because we're not, we're we're not, we're running out of out of time. We can't do the yeah. time. We'll hit it next week. I just want to let you spill on Scott Pilgrim because I've been I've been waiting two weeks for this. I, I, I hope, I've wanted I to hear it, it was, so badly. I I hope it was worth it to hear. It was at, oh, it was worth every fucking second. But oh, again, God. I just want to say that at the time of recording, it is Joyride Entertainment's eighth year anniversary. Everyone, really? Holy shit! November 1st? Nope, I mean, December, December 1st? It's December 2nd. We're recording on December 1st, but it's actually December 2nd. But Joyride's actual founding and actual date is dubious at best, but we've always settled on December 2nd, which is a Saturday. Unfortunately, we're not really... We, we do do anime watch clubs 8 p.m. Eastern every Saturday. Um, but besides that, we tend to hibernate on weekends now, so we're not going to get a proper celebration, so I just wanted to, you know, address it here on the podcast. At the time of recording, we've already done a stream. We were doing a celebratory stream where we're going to play Lethal Company. So if that actually worked out, if you go to our um, YouTube channel, we'll have the stream bot up there, as long as someone didn't say anything problematic. <laughs> Which we did our drinking last, our celebratory drinking last night, so that should be fine. We shouldn't be getting too rowdy on that stream. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, eight years, Val. Crazy. Damn. With the odds stacked together, the way that YouTube has consistently tried to kill our channel, and we are still around for eight years, unfucking heard of and that is thanks to our fucking audience those who continue to watch us those hardcore fans that listen to this podcast those who donate to the patreon you are the reason that we are still here today y'all because youtube does not make a is not been very cut that's our bread and butter and they have not been kind to us and we can but we continue to survive and who is youtube a, kind to mm, actually i can name a few never mind yeah to, to, to certain doxers it seems they, they have no problem but my god if you have a if you if you do satire and an anime parody suddenly you're a fucking problem man <laughs> um but no it, 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 it it's an absolute fucking privilege to be in the position that i am that we are both in where we get to just fucking entertain people it's a fucking privilege it really is. I, I fucking love doing this. And I want to continue to fucking do it. <laughs> for Same eight man, more sorry. and fucking beyond. And there, there isn't much to say. Because again, I just had my nose across. It's been a busy fucking year. And, and the move really like took the remainder of my free time. I think we've so, like, I kinda just, I kinda busy just, this year. Everyone's been busy. You, you, you meet all the joy. But everyone's been the, making the, big mean, moves this, this year. This has been my biggest year for like acting events. Like, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. 
Like, 2023 has been a fucking roller coaster, I think, for a lot of people. Yes, I, I, I firmly agree. And it's like I blinked and the year was over. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. Moving to America, maybe, at some point? Moving? Dude, don't even fucking tease me, bro. Because <laughs> I'm be making. I'm be, I'm, I, I, I've been trying to get Cody down here to the new house. And if you fucking write, show up in the States, I'm be bugging you like once a month to come fucking over and visit. <laughs> Ivan, I'm an actor. I don't have fucking money. Right. At least not at the most convenient times. Right. Uh. Um, but anyways, yes, guys, audience, you viewers, listeners, patrons, all of you, even our haters, thank you so much. Thank you. Even the Dragon Ball haters. Even the Dragon, even Ball, the Dragon Ball fans. Guess what? You were important in tw early 2020. Uh, we can't ignore that you definitely were a point of keeping us alive during those weird times. So can't, everyone has played a role. Uh, I can't wait for the riots to come out when Death Battle do their third fucking iteration. Oh my god, those Goku idiots! Superman. Why would you do it? Because the they need because they need the numbers because Rooster Teeth seems to be actively dying. That's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, we're not gonna get into that, but no. yes, maybe but next yes, time. But, but, but I will say yes. I am. I am actively praying. For the death battle crew after that unless they let goku win <laughs> if they let goku you. win then we're fine we'll everyone will be just fine but if goku loses um mm, that's gonna that's gonna be very tough on people batting down the hatches people they, I, everyone you're not safe in your homes you whatever weekend when does that come out soon they they've put the previews up but i don't but yeah, i'm gonna say yeah, everyone yeah, it doesn't matter where you're at in the world like board up your I fucking windows death, you're not safe i only the goku death fans battle when i'm voicing in death battle now i used to be fucking diehard fan of it but now it's just like I, I, i'm kind of i'm just over i'm over the whole like crossover battle thing it's it's cool but whatever oh it's actually it's very fun i still think the concept's fun yeah when will joyride do their version of it Oh, I mean, you got a little taste of it with your versus Deku and Spice Family Bridge 3. That's true. I'm working on it, guys. Like I said, like, that, that was one thing that I wanted to address, too. It's just like, you know, we finally did. It wasn't the way we wanted to do it, but we did do Jump Force. But I, I'm not making any promises of how the next we presented, but it will be more tenable than the last. And I'm really going into this next year. I'm a very big goal for me, as I've addressed in the State of the Droid Address, which is on our Patreon right now. It's free for everyone to read. You'll find the link on the community notes on our YouTube channel. Yeah, and in a tweet or just go straight to our pa patreon it's there we have links to it in the description here on our podcast uh and one goal that i want to do this year now that that first jump force is out there is i really want to explore that multiverse that we have and, and do it through spike's family and i want to start making good on it I, my hands are untied now i want to do some fun things and this year that's my main goal and some and that might mean not as many parodies coming out because again i'm focusing on quality but I also want to focus on really wowing because that's the project I'm having the most fun with parody wise. And I, and I really want to explore that, but um, we are going so over time right now. Yeah, yeah. We Sorry, need to Dina. go. Or are you editing? Who's editing? I, I do the podcast now because uh, I, yeah. I, I, I'm very low maintenance on Joycast. Um, it just that's faster that. if it goes through me. But um, yeah. yeah. Well. So yeah, so, so apologize to me. <laughs> Sorry, Ivan. Say sorry to yourself, Ivan. Sorry, future me and me, as in like 20 minutes from now when Val will upload, and I will literally just put everything on a timeline and ship it to Cody. So really apologize to Cody for the size sorry, of the Sorry, Cody. Sorry, Podfather Cody Rock, for the size of the Bye, files. everyone. Bye, we'll everyone. See you next week where we'll get back to talk about manga. Mind the gap as you exit our podcast safely. Rebuild of Joycast is hosted by Ivan Leroy and Valentine Stokes.
Leroy's written and directed works can be found on the Joyride Entertainment YouTube channel. Val's dulcet tones can be heard in many of your favorite anime and web series, such as Ruby, Lackadaisy, Gunbuster, Death Battle, and more. Audio engineering by Stina Carey. Music provided by Lo-Fi Geek. Intro and outro narration by Stina Carey. Outro music composed by Michael Payovich. Logo and visuals designed by Ivan Leroy. Keep the conversation going by visiting Joyride's public Discord server, where you can discuss this week's topics and more. Patreon donors also get access to our weekly anime watch club with cast and crew. Links provided in the description. Rebuild of Joycast is produced by Joyride Entertainment and Rock Voice Productions, LLC, and made possible thanks to Patreon donations from generous listeners like you. Thank you for keeping Joyride's engine burning.